1: Hello, welcome to Doom and Gloom Central, where the Cowboys are 10-1, and 1, but Kevin Sherrington is ready to proclaim disaster on the horizon. I am not proclaiming
0: disaster. I'm saying... Woe is me. Everybody keeps saying, oh my gosh, when will Dak return to earth, and then that's when the Cowboys' winning streak will end. And I'm saying that it will not, If when they lose, if and when, they will lose at some point. Uh, When they lose, it will be because of the defense, not because of Dak Prescott.
1: Let me just bring in David Moore here. David, who actually is an expert on the Cowboys. He is an expert on the Cowboys. Unlike you. David, hello. Come in.
2: First, I would like to thank you for having me on the show and honoring my request that I no longer be on the show with Barry Horn.
0: (laughs) Well, you know that's that's been written into a couple of contracts, actually. Uh I'm going to say. Case.
2: Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you butt up against this quite often when trying to
1: book guests. Our yes. green room, our green room writer is uh, for a lot of people. No green MMs and no Barry Horn.
0: Yeah, no Barry <laughs> Horn either.
1: Kev, uh, Kevin, David, whatever your name is out there, yeah. David, uh, is the Cowboys' off defense going to be the downfall of this team?
2: That was certainly the thought going into the season. Then early in the season, uh, they were actually stepping up and making plays at at key moments in game. Um, They were certainly not a drag on the proceedings. and You certainly can't say they are now either, given they have a 10-game winning streak. But as much as it pains me, I do agree with Kevin from the aspect that uh, when this winning streak does end, Uh, I I believe that the most likely scenario now is that a a soft defense is exposed and will have a hand in whenever this winning streak does come to an end.
0: They've given up, what, was it uh, six plays of 20 or more yards against the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, and then I think seven of 20 or more yards against the Redskins. And Kirk Cut. Seven or
2: 20 or more, and they had one of 19, so there was one that was just under the bar.
0: Yeah, and, that, and that, you know, that's the thing uh, about this. Evan, why do you keep passing? What are you doing? What are you doing here? Uh, I'm ready to make a point. Are you, are you really? Yes. Well, don't, don't, please. Let's, let's wait. Wait about 20 minutes, and then you can make one. All right,
2: go ahead. Is, is he what? genuflecting or what?
0: Yeah, or something like that. But that's the, that's the thing here. And if you watch, obviously you watch the game uh, you know, against the, the Redskins, there's just no pass rush. There's none. And I, and I realize that uh, and Rod Marinelli, and listen, let me tell you, uh, as I've advised all along, in Rod we trust. Uh, he, he is, he's done a terrific job, and he's, and he's getting some, uh, a little bit of help with Eberfluss with the, uh, the passing game uh, defensive coordinating. Uh, so that's all great. But uh, at some point, don't they need to dial up a blitz occasionally to try to get a pass rush?
2: Yeah, I mean, and I think that's one reason you've seen them go to a three-man front more because they are going to send someone, and you don't know where that uh, pressure is coming from. So that gives them a little bit of a, of an element of surprise because they are going to put four put four down in there, and another guy's going to rush, uh, and so a, a, an offense can't say it's going to come from this particular area. But that hasn't been effective either. And um, look, it, you know, Roethlisberger on the road at home heating up. It's certainly not uncommon. and, and you look at his uh, what uh, he's done for Pittsburgh through the years. Uh, Cousins having an outstanding season as well and is in a very good stretch right now. But I, I go back to that Thanksgiving Day game, and, and Dallas led really from the start. Uh, I mean, after that initial drive that they come back and uh, they're really in control of the game from a score standpoint, from the start, all the way through. And, and Washington throws 53 times in that game, and there are no sacks and no interceptions. And this Cowboys team right now is on a stretch of 221 pass attempts without an interception. You have to go back to early October in the third quarter of the Green Bay game uh, when Barry Church picked off Aaron Rodgers in the third quarter. That's the last interception. They only had three sacks, I believe, over the last three games, and when you're playing ahead with a lead, when teams are forced to go to the air more than they would like to catch up, the fact that you're not getting any sacks and not getting any interceptions is a red flag. Now, it's not all the way up the flagpole yet, because uh, they still have been able to, to come up with some key stops at key moments, but... Uh, they're certainly not forcing the issue and helping themselves out in any way, shape, or form.
1: First of all, field goals are wins for this defense. We are—we're all in agreement there. The, with the with the way the Cowboys—they they play great, Ben, but don't break. Okay. Secondly, let's they're very good
2: red. Yeah, they're a very good red zone defense, and that's yes. uh, that's the other thing, real quick. Before I, I know you're you're poised to make your point, Evan, but
1: I am uh, poised. But, I am <laughs> crouched and poised.
2: You know, they they gave up uh, seven plays of, of twenty or more yards against Washington. The, the number of big plays they have given up has gone up dramatically over these last three games. Now if you're offsetting that with getting turnovers or getting sacks, you can accommodate that and say, okay, you're just you know, you're losing out on one end but you're picking up in another. The the reason this is trending in the wrong direction is the big plays allowed are going up, which they did an outstanding job of limiting in the first eight, nine games of the season. But the sacks and turnovers aren't going up. And so then that is a trend or the arrow pointing in the wrong direction, as Jerry Jones would say. And now, crouching, Evan, your point.
1: Well, the one thing I would point out here is that you guys are talking about the last three games. And you're talking about games against Washington. You're talking about against a game against Baltimore, which is not a great offensive team. And you're talking about Pittsburgh. And the only thing I would point out here is, is let's take into some context. That if you go by big plays, the Redskins and the Steelers are two of the top ten teams in the NFL in past big plays over the course of the season. They have both generated that. So sometimes what's going to be skewed is based on the quality of club that you're playing.
0: That's true, but that's that's the part of the, the the problem too. Going forward here, they're going to play Eli Manning one more time, and, and Eli has his ups and downs. But no one goes down, I don't think no one goes downfield better than Eli Manning. He he does a tremendous job on that. You've also got Jameis Winston out there, and you've and who had
1: a couple of really big plays yesterday and, in that in that win over, uh, and and he's got a big play receiver in Mike Evans. Yes, and
0: then and then you've got uh, of course Matthew Stafford who's having a career year. So those are those are three, you know, and and if Carson Wentz at the end of the year in, in Philly, you know, if he's playing well, uh, then that that's a problem. So they're going to play some good quarterbacks here. You they?
1: didn't mention Sam Bradford. No, I didn't mention Sam Bradford. I'm
0: not. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not bringing him up.
1: Kevin, were you? Which stuff- is why this is.
2: Which is why this is a good podcast to have this conversation because Minnesota is next up. And if the Cowboys still have these defensive difficulties going against Minnesota, then there is a real problem.
1: If if they do show up on Thursday that much more, yeah, it it will. And and I mean, if you just watch the end of that Minnesota game against Detroit on Thursday, uh, Sam Bradford can make some bad passes.
2: Inexplicable decision on that pass. <laughs> Absolutely was as bad as you can be in that
1: situation. Just a horrible, horrible <laughs> throw and a horrible decision.
0: Dave, let's talk about why you know because we uh, talked about this earlier in the season. Uh, one of the things the Cowboys' defense did was they they did play that that uh, uh, two deep zone where they were forcing you to throw underneath and uh, and then they were making the tackle and that was just it was perfect for what this. Defense can do because we we know other outside of Demarcus Lawrence, there's not a real pass rush coming from any one of these guys, uh, and and uh, so it, that's something you're just not really going to get. That you got to just make the tackle. You'll force them to throw underneath, make the tackle, and and now we've seen. Pittsburgh and Washington both go deep. Now, Deshaun Jackson has been a constant thorn over the years in the side of the Cowboys. Is it was, was As Evan brought up, do you think this is more a case of these are just the guys that, that generally have success against the Cowboys, they just have difficulty, or, or do you think that that is, and we'll see this as a persistent problem?
2: Well, I think they were, they've done a good job for most of the season keeping plays in front of them and then rallying to the ball, right. not letting guys get over the top. Uh, you've seen some cracks in that in these last three games. Uh, And so I I think some of it is a little bit lack of discipline, a little bit of slippage as as far as uh, uh, adhering to the defensive plan by each of these guys. And certainly they're better collectively than they are individually. Uh, But I I think that you've also seen in these last three games, uh, you've noticed the the absence of Mo Claiborne and Barry Church on that back end. Right. Uh, You know, I don't think Dallas doesn't have a lot of, of talent, premier talent on the defensive side of the ball, whereas if they're losing one of their starters, you're, going, you're not going to notice the drop. You are going to notice the drop down to the next uh, level. I, I just don't think they have uh, – they certainly don't have the, the talent on the defensive side of the ball that they do on the offensive side of the ball. So when you're losing two players that are having such a good season, and, and Claiborne was, was their best corner this season, and, and and I think Church, at the time of the injury, was, was their best safety. Better so, than Byron Jones, years. even? Yeah, at that point of the season. Now, I think Byron Jones has come on and, and really stepped up uh, since Barry Church has been out, and I think he's had really three of his best games of the season. Uh, I, I think they're seeing him settle in and, and, and taking more of a role, uh, ownership role in, in the defense, and I, I think he's helping Paul plays a little bit more now with Church being out, and I think it's reflected in his play. I think he stepped up his play uh, since Barry Church has gone out. But early in the season, yeah, I mean, Church, as modest as it is, Church's two interceptions lead this team. Uh, and, you know, Byron Jones is still working for his first interception. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. There are a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball who aren't giving up big plays, but they're not making plays. There are very few playmakers on the, on the defensive side of the ball. And one guy who used to be a playmaker for this defense, Sean Lee, isn't making them anymore. Um, what you see is, look, they're in a stretch right now where even when they get an interception, it doesn't count. You know, Sean Lee intercepted uh, the pass on the two-point conversion that Washington went for. And that just goes as a, as a failed PAT. Uh, there's no interception. It's not right, registered right. in the book. So even they're in a stretch now, even when they get a turnover, it doesn't count.
1: All right, I I I want to point out a couple of things here. You know, you've got Minnesota coming up on, on Thursday. And, and just to go back to this big play thing that we've talked about, I, I, I think as you look at the Cowboys' schedule the rest of the way, and they do have – they've got five games left, left all against teams that as of this morning are at 500 or better. Same thing goes for the Giants, by the way. Everybody on the Giants' schedule is at 500 or better. But you look at teams coming up. You look at Minnesota. Minnesota has, has a diff, big play differential of minus 15. And by on that differential, we're talking about rushing plays of, of 10 yards or more, passing plays of 25 yards or more. They have given up the it, – it's the fifth worst or, or tied for the fourth worst in the NFL. Tampa Bay has the worst big play differential in the NFL. I think in a lot of ways that the Cowboys' offense here – becomes their best defense once again because they can, as this team has gotten more and more weapons, as Dak has become more and more adept with the offense and guys have returned to health, they do have the ability, even when the the defense does give up these big plays, to now also score quickly. When they need to chew up time, they can chew up time. When they need to come up with big plays, they can come up with big plays.
2: Well, and you saw it in the, in the Washington game was as strong as an example as you can get of it. Um, you know, they, they didn't do anything with their one possession early in the third quarter. Washington holds the ball for most of the third. Uh, Dallas didn't even get a second possession uh, until early fourth quarter. They're down by five points. They score immediately to go back, you know, to, to stretch that lead again. Washington comes back. It's a 67-yard pass, and Dallas comes right back and scores again. Uh, You know this this offense is dominant. It's not only uh, efficient, it's dominant. It can score quickly. It can score in its four-minute offense. It can score in long drives and consume the clock. It can really do whatever you need it to do to win a game or manage a game, and we've seen this throughout the season, and there's no reason to believe that's going to stop now. You just need a defense that doesn't, uh, you know, as long as Dallas doesn't turn it over offensively, the fact that Dallas's defense is not forcing turnovers, I don't think is, a, a, is, is critical. Uh, but if this offense does, the Cowboys offense does start to get the occasional turnover, which they have not had to this point, really, uh, then it, the defense is going to have to do more uh, than just get the the occasional three or out, or just be really strong red zone defense that can force teams to
0: settle for field goals. Yeah, I see. This is, to me is kind of like the chicken or the egg here. You know, if if the if the defense is gonna get start giving up big plays, if that continues, then it becomes incumbent upon Dak to do what he did against the uh, Pittsburgh and what he did against Washington, which is every, now he's going to go downfield more often than he was earlier in the year. We're going to see Dez become a, a bigger you know target here because of that. And, uh, and, of course, that but that also raises the risk of the turnovers. You know, that, that was the thing that he was doing so – has done so well this year. He's not turned the ball over, and he's, he's, he's found the open man and done that and not, and not uh, tried to go for the, the high-risk, high-reward shot. Uh, so, to me, this is, it's an interesting thing to watch as this all kind of ratchets up. If the defense does not start to play better, in my estimation, this just puts more and more pressure on Dak – to do what uh, a rookie shouldn't have to do. Yeah,
1: I would correct that and say it just continues to put more and more pressure on this offense to protect the ball, which this offense has done exceptionally well. well they, but you can, it's easy to protect it if you're if you're going to do go it for that that you know for the the
0: hype when you're throwing it to Cole Beasley, right? Who's wide open that kind of thing. But you, we've, what we've seen kind of lately is is that as as Des. Production goes up, Cole Beasley's goes down a little bit, right. which is the way it should be, actually, because you know, but Cole you've Beasley, got
1: options in that prog- you know, kind of in those progressions. They the Cowboys have seven giveaways this year, right? It's, an, unbel- it's an unbelievable, number. second best in the NFL. Yeah. Buffalo's given away six. I, you know, they have done. I, I think if you if you take everything, I mean, we we can laud this Cowboys team with any number of superlatives for what the for what Zeke has done for what Dak has done for for what some of the offensive weapons have done and the offensive line as well. But the fact that the Cowboys have protected the ball this well this year, uh, that's what wins championships. Absolutely. All right, David, we know you got to get going here
0: in a minute, but I want to ask you here in these last 5 games, uh where where do you
1: see Cowboys losses? We got at Minnesota, we got at the Giants, then home against Tampa Bay. Right. Uh, home against Detroit, and then you finish up with Philly. Oddly enough, New York, the Giants. By the way, before we just get into that, the Giants have the they've got the common opponent with the Cowboys and Giants playing one another in two weeks. The week after, the week before the Cowboys play the Lions, the Giants host the Lions. Yes, the week before the Cowboys go to Philadelphia, the Cowboys. You think the NFL did this on purpose? I think they did. Yeah, I think they did. So
0: I've got them going three and two in that stretch. David, what do you say?
2: I I really, based on what we've seen with this team, I I think thirteen and three is really about the the worst record you can project, which would be a three and two finish. Yes. Uh, You know the way they're playing, I'm not so sure it's going to be a three and two finish. I I think is uh, I think fourteen and two is is probably the most likely scenario with thirteen and three right after that. And you know what? I you can't rule out fifteen and one with this group. You really cannot. I just think their formula, they've done so well of sticking to this formula, game in and game out. Uh, You know, and people, you mentioned it earlier, Kevin, about, well, you know, waiting for Dak to have a bad game. I'm convinced Dak having a bad game, at the worst, is two interceptions. Yes. At the worst. And, uh, you know, I don't think you're looking, you're waiting for a three turnover meltdown from him. I think it's two turnovers in a game and I think this offense is good enough to overcome two turnovers uh, if your defense is still playing good in the red zone and, and can force them free and out. So uh, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, but if you're asking me how they finish out here, I, I'm looking at a 14 and two team, I think.
1: All right, so you're looking at a 14 and two team, but let's take the three and two scenario that Kevin rules out there. They go they go three and two, they finish 13 and three. Do the Giants run the table facing Pittsburgh, the Cowboys? Detroit, Philadelphia, and Washington, because that's the no. only scenario in which the Cowboys end up without home field advantage. Right? No, no, they no do way. not. They don't do that. The, the, and 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 with that uh, three and two
0: finish, I'm I'm saying this: that they lose at the Giants, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'm saying that they lose at Philly, and I'm saying in a meaningless at, game. In a meaningless game, that's what I'm saying. Right. In Philly, they're going to be up. yeah.
2: Philly would be a meaningless game. Yes, and, th- and that's why. That's why you know I. Uh, to me, Philly could mean absolutely nothing, and when you have those games, how do you play it versus what you normally do? Um, but you know, here, here's the other thing: you you don't want to just completely dismiss that game from a Cowboys perspective, uh, because if in that in that equation, you're assuming you have home field advantage and you're going to have a first round bye. Right. Right. you really want to go two weeks without playing a game uh, but with some of your key guys, or giving them the time off. So that's going to be a management issue. Uh, And, again, who thought we'd be talking about that with these Cowboys, that you'd be managing uh, how you finish the season more than needing to win at the end of the season to get in.
1: Unbelievable. David, who's your press conference coming up?
2: My press conference will be Jason Garrett, and we know those are always exciting.
1: Those are exciting. All right. Well, you tell Jason we said hello. Um, I know he's been counting on hearing from us and we will let you run. Wants to know why he's not on the podcast. I've got a couple things I've still got to straighten Kevin on, but uh, I will uh, let you run for now. Yeah.
2: Okay. And, again, thank you so much for having me on when Barry isn't.
1: You're You're welcome, David. We'll do it again.
2: Okay. As long as Barry's
0: not there. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. Uh, And there goes David. So, okay, the thing that went unsaid in all of this, in the schedule and and the the Cowboy Giant head-to-head thing, is that loss – Yesterday by Seattle cannot be overlooked. Is is how important it is to the Cowboys. They've now got three losses and a tie. It does take them out of the running for home field advantage, and, and, and so I think it does. If the Cowboys beat the Giants, or if the Cowboys do go three and one in their next four games, they're home free. And yes. and, and, and and I th- I thought you know in talking with people the other over the last week, I thought the only thing that would potentially Keep them out of the Super Bowl. Now, I, you bring up great points about the defense. You just zoom right through the playoffs to the Super Bowl. I, I, but I, I thought the only thing that would potentially keep them out of the playoffs would be if they played Seattle on the road. Yeah, and and, and I do it's think tough that, place to play. Yeah, it's it's an incredibly tough place to play, and and there's bad memories there for the Cowboys in the playoffs. But Tony Romo won't be playing. Tony, he won't be playing. Um, do you wh- what do you see as the as the trap in the playoffs at this point in time?
0: Uh, well, I don't see one, but you know, I didn't see one for the Rangers either, uh, and they got swept in the first round. These things happen. You they know? do, and uh, stuff goes wrong. And and you know, we we've certainly seen from Dak Prescott. He's he's incredibly poised and does a tremendous job, and 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 he's smart, and and that's why I say I think that the the bigger problem for them is going to be their defense, not the offense. I think the offense is going to perform pretty much all the time. They've just got too many weapons, and everything's
1: going too well now. I'll play. I'll play old-school homer here, and I will say that the possibility of playing an Atlanta team that's got a big play weapon in Julio Jones yeah, and a really strong running game in Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, and, and, and they've got some other offensive weapons as well that have shown up. Mohamed Sanu, uh, Tyson Gabriel yesterday had a big game. Uh, this is a team that is fourth in the NFL in big play differential. The Cowboys are first. New England is second, Tennessee third, Atlanta fourth at eighteen at a plus eighteen. I think that's a team that could be a real issue for the Cowboys if if they face one another in a playoffs.
0: Yeah, that that's the, the thing about the Cowboys that's should worry uh, fans is that is the big giving up the big play. Not so you know they you don't see teams you know uh, uh, running the ball down their throats. Uh, they've done very well against that. They just they struggle against, it. and that's because they they're not getting a pass rush, and because of the the injuries in the in the secondary.
1: But like Dallas, Atlanta has a very balanced offense, and, yeah. and balanced offenses are are going to keep are going to keep teams off off, off balance.
0: Off balance, that's very nice. Uh, the,
1: the other thing, Kevin, before we get out of here and, and get on to, to Mavericks talk is, uh, I do, I, I, I on a on a Falcons matchup if if that does take place. You know, that's again, I look at Dak and I look at the number of great decisions he's made. And and having had something of a rooting interest in the Falcons as as an Atlanta guy, I've watched Matt Ryan over the years and I've watched him make one big mistake after another in crunch time. Don't see that from Dak at this point. Yeah, you just don't see it, and I, and
0: I, I, I can't account for that. I don't know why it is. Uh, you know, I, I, early on when he was throwing the ball forty times a game to Cole Beasley, it was like to me it, it was just so sensible for a rookie Correct. because he, he's looking at it, he's, the guy's always open. Well, why don't a, I throw it to him? In
1: a lot, I thought about this last night. In a lot of ways, does this offense has this offense kind of facilitated what Jason Garrett's general philosophy is? That you've got a talented quarterback, but you also want him to just manage the game. Yes. Well,
0: I think he's doing more than manage, Uh, but but certainly to me – this team, because Jason was here for those early 90s Cowboys teams. And this is a Jimmy Johnson kind of offense. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what they did. They, they ran the ball, and they had a quarterback who didn't turn it over, who, who was very uh, accurate, and he was going to throw to that, that high percentage, make that high percentage pass. He wasn't going to turn it over. They did not turn the ball over in those days, they're not turning it over now. And I think that's, that's the thing. Now, what, what Dak presents that Troy Aikman did not is the ability to get outside and run. Right. And that's certainly a big factor in the red zone. The fact that the, the threat of him running the ball, you know, it's hard to score down there in the red zone. Right. And when you
1: have a quarterback who can do that, boy, that just gives you all kinds of options. All right. Well, I, the, the, the bottom line is there's so much going well for the Cowboys right now that there isn't that much to dissect. You know, I mean, you can't complain about it very much. Y- you really certainly can't, no. and we know that as as members of the mainstream media, our job is to complain. Yes, well you were a born complainer. Yes, it's one of my natural talents. Yes, it is. All right, well let's get out of here and move on to some Mavericks talk before yes. we get into the colleges cuz there's really not much going on in college football. Oh, them. nothing. Nothing at this point, no. No, no. no. All right, so we will talk to you next week on Cowboys. on the Cowboys. Ballsy yes, sir. Z.